We need to teach young people, as, give them as much information as possible yeah. so that they're empowered to yeah. make positive decisions about their relationships going forward. And they recognize sex acting in porn. Oh, well, the porn, oh, I do a whole being, episode on porn. It's not being not real. real. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it really goes. Nobody yeah. can take that yeah. much pounding. Well, I got it. <laughs> Food poisoning? Okay. Remember when I texted you? I, this must have been, what, two two weekends ago now? I texted Kevin because someone, a listener out there, sent in a message or a tweet or something. They somehow tried to communicate to me that maybe I should look into why I keep getting food poisoning and... I'll admit, I was kind of like, haha, okay, whatever. I think I know my body. <laughs> Cut to a couple of weekends ago, I go to Jack Astor's to enjoy an, a lovely sauced and tossed uh, chicken finger Poultry. Meal. Poultry. <laughs> um, I felt fine. I felt um, great. Um, maybe like five hours later, it was things were not going my way. It was poultry again. But now, at least we know now, it's not the podcast. See, because what kept <laughs> happening before was that every time we had to record an episode, I would get, I would get food poisoning. But now that was completely unrelated to recording an episode. That was a random Saturday that I was having. So we know it's not the podcast. It has to be the poultry. Well, I really like those Jack Astor's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> And I have a friend who works at Jack Astor's and I would go in and he'd be like, you can get anything you want. You could get steak and I'm just going to like comp it. But I'm like, I'm getting the chicken fingers. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with a classic. Now you at home might be wondering who does that soothing voice belong to? <laughs> and you're not mistaken. It is Sean. Don't change the channel. This is not drop your buffs. <laughs> this is in fact... A quarterly Deja the View appearance. <laughs> quarterly? That's all we get now. <laughs> this is his contractual <laughs> semi I still get benefits appearance. this way. <laughs> he was Wait, you get benefits? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to address the elephant in the room. Yes, I did get a haircut that is too short. Uh, I oh. am aware of it. <laughs> Um, what happened was I was at the hair salon. Um, my hairstylist is going on mat leave. I thought, what's the wisest decision <laughs> in these circumstances? And in the moment, I felt like I should cut it short enough so that <laughs> when it grows out it doesn't become so unmanageable before she returns from mat leave so i've given myself a nine month <laughs> haircut <laughs> i've given myself nine months to grow into this and that yeah that's all i have to say about that i do no, look like a 50 year old I woman without a hat on and is it shorter in the back it's not like a kate gosling like it's not like i was thinking long in the more front. like the posh spice bob you remember it's that not, one? I remember that. It's not that. It's not... I wouldn't say that it is 
chic in any way. Um, <laughs> Depends how you dress it up. Yeah. So I'm hoping that at least by Christmas time, it will have grown out enough that I can take photos without having to wear a hat um, constantly. But, you know, it's my this is the decision I made and I'll live with it. No, thank you for addressing that because it this is a video podcast and yes. I think a lot of people probably want did she cut her something different with yeah. her hair? There <laughs> Well, typically my um you know, my hair is in my mouth. I'm constantly pulling it out and people probably pick up on that audibly. Mm-hmm. So they were probably noticing, "Oh my god, Marie sounds so clear. What is it?" <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to announce that it was fake and that you're actually wearing a wig or a hairpiece or some fake <laughs> bangs. <laughs> Sean, did I tell you about the day that Sarah Haynes was wearing a, a bang piece on The View? Uh, you know all about it. And I even specifically logged back into the Instagram to see what she had to say about it. <laughs> because I posted... A screenshot of Sarah Haynes with bangs and I, and like the Nick Kroll publicity, like picture of her being like, I got bangs. And what Sarah Haynes respond, replied to this message was truly so shocking. She wrote back, don't worry, Marie, I'm still hot under here. They're temporary. <laughs> Like, what? Why does she know that? Why does she know that? Who told her that? Why does she... Does she know about the arms? Like, what else does she know about? <laughs> she must know about And then about also, the arms. furthermore, I'm even more perplexed that Sarah Haynes would think that I would imply that without bangs, she or with bangs, she becomes less attractive. Like, <laughs> Sarah, no, we love you, bangs or no bangs. <laughs> yeah. It's not the first time that she has responded on social media, but it's the first time that she's been so specific like that. Yeah. It's the first time that I got specifically called out. Yeah. And I hope it's the last. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, glad to have the gang back together. Shall we discuss some of the latest developments with The View? Please. So The View this month was celebrating Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving in the United States, which was yesterday. And I would like to begin this by, I would like to read you something that I saw in the U.S. Sun. The headline is, Bad Views. The View cast ripped by viewers as rude for eating Thanksgiving food during hot topics and not offering a meal to the audience. (laughs) (laughs) the view cast has been slammed by viewers for indulging in a thanksgiving feast and not offering food to the audience the talk show host celebrated the holiday a day early during wednesday's episode at the start of the show the ladies walked to their seats where an elaborate array of food was laid out on the table moderator whoopi goldberg detailed the delicious meals that were prepared including cranberry meatballs stuffing stuffed mushrooms, mac and cheese bites, and mini whoopie pies. The camera zoomed in on the hot dishes, though it soon became apparent that those on the panel were the only ones getting a taste. 
Whoopi informed viewers that the recipes for the appetizers were listed on The View's official Instagram page, making it known that those watching were not getting a bite. (laughs) The move angered fans who thought it was inconsiderate of the hosts to not share their turkey day feast with the studio audience. (laughs) One person voiced their frustrations in a tweet. The co-hosts eating, of course, in front of the audience, hashtag the view. Another agreed tweeting is hashtag the view crew just gonna eat in front of a live studio audience and not share with them. While a third called the host's behavior, quote, rude and disrespectful. Caught red-handed. <laughs> At one point, Whoopi called out her co-host, Joy Behar, for eating while she was discussing a serious topic. The 67-year-old opened the show by telling the audience that she was looking out for breaking developments in the Chesapeake Walmart shooting in which a manager gunned down eight people on Tuesday. Please don't forget those who are not going to be as fortunate and really try to be thankful because tomorrow is never promised, she said sincerely. It's a Thanksgiving show and we want to be up and rolling with it, but it's very hard to start these shows sometimes. Whoopi then paused, as a loud crunching noise could be heard. Turning to Joy, 80, the sister act star had a shocked look on her face as she asked, What are you eating? We weren't supposed to start yet, Joy, Sonny Hostin, 54, chimed in, referring to the food on the table. Joy looked guilty and covered her mouth as she said, I wasn't eating the food, it was a tic-tac. The veteran panelists clapped back. You have supersonic hearing. That was super loud, said Alyssa Farrah Griffin, 33. Whoopi gestured to the studio audience and agreed. They heard it over there. I'm sorry. Joy backed down. That's the end. The thing is about this is that we know that at least some people, at least some person, ladies, Listen to Deja the View on occasion, and it's been made quite clear through this podcast that some folks have a sensitivity to poultry, and you can't go <laughs> handing out turkey to a live studio audience who may be running to that the is so true. to the albeit one sole bathroom in <laughs> ABC Studios. They can't have that on live television. That is so right so about that true. in the U.S. Sun. You're so right. And I bet you that they were also serving salad, which, as we know, carries listeria. So probably a wise move to not give the audience any of it. Listeria Lane. (laughs) Catch Desperate Housewives on ABC. I just am so obsessed. I don't know if you... I don't know if you guys have Google Alerts set up for The View, but... (laughs) It's not just like one article a day. It's several articles a day (laughs) from the U.S. Sun that will, it's almost like fan fiction. Like they'll take anything that happens on the show and like retell it in a way that you would think that the most violent thing ever done on television just Mm -hmm. happened. And they're good at what they do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I also love that they always reference 
people online being outraged at the view and quote them, but they never attribute the quote to anyone. Like they put it in quotes, but you never know if they just made it up or if it's actually someone on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I think there's really great stuff going on there. Like Daily Mail Who, it really is all about the U.S. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the holidays, we need to talk about Candace. So the time has finally come for the tides to turn, to shift on Candace Cameron Bure and her public image. Because after years and years of being vaguely homophobic and no one really noticing... <laughs> The mm-hmm. world finally noticed. And not a decade too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been going on all month where people are talking about comments that Candace Cameron Bure made recently about traditional marriage. And as I was like preparing this podcast and trying to get gather all the facts about this to discuss with you guys, I realized that her um I realized that there's like slightly more to this than I even realized with her moving away from Hallmark into this new channel. Mm -hmm. So do you remember in 2021 where um, Hallmark ran into some controversy because they pulled some commercials from the channel that featured a same-sex couple kissing? It was a Zola commercial featuring lesbians. I remember now that you say it. And it was like a controversy at the time because they pulled these commercials because some of their audience was complaining about it. And then when they pulled the commercials, the whole world found out and started complaining about it, uh, about how they removed them. And it was like a big controversy at the time. And ever since then, Hallmark has made, has begun making strides towards being a little bit more inclusive like this Christmas, they're coming out with their first ever movie that features stars a gay couple. And Jonathan mm-hmm. Bennett from Mean Girls is one of the stars of that. Right. Just realize it's funny because Lindsay also has a Christmas movie this year. And so this is what I didn't know about this situation. So admit, amidst this controversy with the gay commercial, the CEO of Crown Media, which owns Hallmark... His name is Bill Abbott. He abruptly left Hallmark during this controversy, like got up and left, was like, I'm not dealing with this. And that's when he acquired Great American Country Network, which is the GAC network that Candace now belongs to. GAC. GAC. (laughs) Got it. And the whole, he acquired this new channel with the aim of creating family-friendly content and when he left to do this, several Hallmark stars like came with him, which include Lori Loughlin, <laughs> Debbie Matinopoulos, and Candace mm. Cameron Bure. Wow. And I know ne- we never really talked about it on the podcast how she left Hallmark because I was kind of waiting for like holiday time to discuss. Mm-hmm. But when Candace <laughs> left Hallmark, She had been at Hallmark for 10 years, but she was given like a more prominent executive role at GAC, not just an actor slash producer, like she's actually an executive there. And when she left, she said, my heart wants to tell stories that have more meaning and purpose and depth behind them. 
And she said, I knew that the people behind Great American Family were Christians that love the Lord and wanted to promote faith programming and good family entertainment. So this is all like in a very low key way hinted at what was to come. Mm-hmm. Because now here we are a year later, and Candace is ready to promote her first big project at GAC, which is her new Christmas movie. Can you guess what the title is? You probably can. The, the, the Christmas tradition. Sean? A Christmas wish. Very close, Sean. <laughs> and very close, Marie. <laughs> it's called A Christmas dot 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 present. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And so this is how this all kind of happened with this new controversy where everyone realized that she's homophobic Mm -hmm. because she's been promoting a Christmas dot, dot, dot present. And she gave an interview to the, I want to say, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, she gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal about her desire to put Christianity back in Christmas movies. So when asked about how Hallmark was evolving to be more inclusive and is going to feature a same-sex couple this year. Mm -hmm. She was asked, would GAC do the same? And her response to that was, I think that Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. It's certainly the year 2022, so we're aware of the trends. There's no whiteboard that says, yes, this, or no, we'll never go there. Sorry, I just misquoted her. She actually said there is a whiteboard that says, <laughs> no, we won't go there. <laughs> no, that was the CEO that oh. left that created um, GAC. So is it so is it still GAC or is it GAF now? Well, I think they had a big GAF, but it's <laughs> Wait, why would it why would it be GAF? Because it's because she keeps saying "Great American Family." Oh, because wasn't it when he when he bought when he bought it or something? It was Great American Christian Network or something, and now they keep calling it Great American Family. We'll never know. <laughs> Fall into the gack. Mind the gaff. Okay. <laughs> She's just said that the projects with Great American Family will focus on traditional marriage. Okay. It not it wild that her saying that is what like made people be like, wait a second. That Candace sounds Candace is yeah, is not with the gays. <laughs> when she like flat out was like, yeah, I don't think gay people deserve cake. <laughs> like 10 years ago. <laughs> Right. Like, this is not new to us. It's just that no one has ever seemed to care about this Mm. until now. Because I guess, you know, people just don't care that much about Candace Cameron Bure. And when they think of her, they just think of Full House. And people think generally fondly of Full House. Yeah, no one wants to think about Christmas movies. Yeah. And but no one wants to think that DJ Tanner is like homophobic. Her name is DJ. Like, But we've been talking about this because every single time that Luke McFarlane stars in a Hallmark movie with her, we bring this up. Like, 
is Candace Karen Bray like Lysoling her lips after? I mean, not that they're like making out in these Hallmark movies. They but get is one she, like, kiss. Is she like using hand sandy every time she needs to go near a gay person? Like, we've been talking about this for a while. Well, but at least, I mean, now we know it's pretty safe to assume that she also won't be hiring gay actors in her GAC movies or like going out of her way to tell, you know, stories that feature gay people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like we saw her have the whole cake moment with Raven on the view. I refuse to associate myself with you right now. Is that okay? <laughs> it's about freedom of association. And we saw her also say that she voted for Trump and get booed by the audience of the view way back when. So mm-hmm. it's not shocking. She's always been like in the most vague way without coming outright and saying it. She's been, she's made lots of, um, She's made it clear that she is not completely down with the gays. I was doing some research on Jedediah Bila the other day because every now and then I see a Jedediah Bila tweet on the feed and then I go to her page and just read it for like 10 minutes to get my blood boiling. And then I was like, I know that Jed talked about being like a little bit bisexual because now she's like very homophobic and very transphobic. Mm -hmm. And like every second tweet is transphobic. And I know that she talked, it came up a lot like during her years on The View. And so I just like couldn't find this clip I was thinking about where she was like, I've been interested in women in the past. And so I typed Jedda Diabila bisexual into Google. And the first thing that came up was this ancient after the view clip that was on Facebook and I'm watching it and they're basically like, whatever studies show it's better to be a lesbian, something like that. And Joy's like, what do you think ladies? Would, do you wish you were a lesbian? And Jedediah is like, I, yeah, I wish I could flip a switch. Sarah's like, I love lesbians. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they cut to Candace Cameron Bure, who's guest co-hosting that day. <laughs> and she was silent through the whole discussion, except then she goes, you know, I like to I like to call my husband my wife because we're a non-traditional couple. My husband will hate that I'm saying this, but I'm like, I, I have a wife in my husband in yeah. the sense that we don't aren't traditional. Yeah, there's also a clip of her that I can remember of of her kissing Joy on the lips and saying like, because Joy is trying to like have a lesbian moment with her and she like begrudgingly kisses Joy on the lips. What's traditional about that? Gathering. <laughs> Except that traditionally Joy does try to kiss her co-host on the <laughs> list. <laughs> what I find like particularly funny about this whole situation is the way that Jojo Siwa has become such yeah. a massive part of the narrative. <laughs> they first became linked together back in July when Jojo Siwa was doing a TikTok trend and she was answering questions and the question was, who is the rudest celebrity you've ever met? And she said Candace Cameron Bure. Mm-hmm. And it was like a headline for a few days. And then it Candace found out about it that Jojo was saying that she's rude. And then they ended up having this whole like apology thing in the media and Candace made this really long really really long video about how she never meant to 
hurt Jojo because I guess the situation began when Jojo was 11 and she asked Candace for a photo and Candace said no on a red mm-hmm. carpet. And then Candace started taking photos with other people. She was like, not the gay one. <laughs> and <laughs> so they had this whole thing in July and then like made up. And then now this headline comes out about Candace not wanting to prioritize or like only prioritizing traditional marriage, whatever that means. And Jojo came out, spoke out against her, feeling very betrayed by her. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's no secret that I said she was the rudest celebrity to me a few months ago, but now what she did was really rude to not me, but to a whole community of people and a whole family of people. One of the craziest things about the JoJo Siwa, Candace Cameron Bray thing for me is that, like, they look like they're, like, the, like, one is, like, the evil version of the other one. Like, they look so similar. Which one is which? (laughs) It's, like, they look like they could be sisters. Yeah. And I hate to see sisters fight. (laughs) (laughs) I love seeing Jojo Siwa, like, grow up and, like, start to realize if she says something, it could actually, like, have consequences. She could call out a homophobic person and it actually could have consequences for them. And I love her Mm -hmm. realizing this and, like, going for it. So on this situation, she said... (laughs) She said, that's fucked up. You not liking gay marriage? Do your thing, girl. You being religious? Do your thing, girl. Of course. I would want everybody to do what they want to do, but to purposely exclude someone because of who they love, that's shitty. And then she then said that Candace needs to go have a conversation with Glad. Candace needs to go have a conversation with God. <laughs> So, since this all kind of blew up in Candace's face, her publicist was probably so pissed at her. (laughs) She ended up writing a statement, also very long statement on Instagram. I'm pulling it up right now. Like, I don't, I'm I'm not going to sit here and act like being in Hallmark movies is like the greatest achievement an actor can have, but... Starring in like starring in like the most like highly awaited Hallmark movie every Christmas season, um, like and starring with people like Gene Smart in some of the best Hallmark movies of the season, going from that to being on these like gack movies that no one's ever gonna see, how is she winning by doing that? I guess it's more important to her to make christian programming than to be associated with hallmark which has become woke a den of faggotry (laughs) (laughs) well having a movie co-starring gene smart would have been the first clue that things were headed that way (laughs) so an abridged version of her statement is it says it absolutely breaks my heart that anyone would ever think that i would intentionally want to offend and hurt anyone it saddens me that the media is often seeking to divide us even around a subject as comforting and merry as christmas (laughs) she is the media at this point (laughs) she's running dividing (laughs) 
<laughs> but given the toxic climate in our culture right now, I shouldn't be surprised. We need Christmas more than ever. <laughs> I am a devoted Leave it Christian. To her to turn it into a commercial. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I am a devoted Christian, which means that I believe that every human being bears the image of God. Because of that, I am called to love all people, and I do. If you know me, you know that I am a person who loves freely and indiscriminately. My heart yearns to build bridges and bring people one step closer to God, to love others as well, and to simply be a reflection of God's huge love for us all. If you want to build bridges, go work for the Ministry of Transportation. <laughs> go become an essential worker once again, this time for the Ministry of, e- of Transportation. For Pete Buttigieg? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> To the members of the media responsible for using this opportunity to fan the flames of conflict and hate, I have a simple message for you. I love you. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) To those who hate what I value and who are attacking me online, I love you. To those who have tried to assassinate my character, I love you. And to everyone reading this, of any race, creed, sexuality, or political party, including those that I have tried that have tried to bully me with name calling, I love you. The thing is about this statement, she never said like just it's a bad statement because she's still being vague instead of just like unequivocally being like, I'm not homophobic. I love gay people. Or why doesn't she just double down at this point? Like, yeah. She's somewhere in between where it's like, if you if this is what you meant, then just like, obviously you have an audience that you're playing to. So just play to that audience and be like, look, this isn't for gay people. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. This is for, this is for my straights. That's so true. This is true. for women who called their husbands their wives. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true because I guess when you get to like the root of why she's making and has been so vague for so long, it's because she, like, deep down, like, knows that what she believes here is, like, not popular, and that it's not deemed okay. And because then it's, like, at the same time, she can't outright be like, I love gay people, maybe one day we'll make a movie about them. Because the fact of the matter is, like, the people who choose to advertise on GAC are probably specifically advertising on GAC because they're like homophobic mm-hmm. companies. So like she's going to lose those investments if she says, yeah, I love gay people. So that's why she's like just kind of playing the middle. Yeah, She should have said, we made a business decision because look at how well bros did. You think we can afford that <laughs> kind of a failure at GAC? No. <laughs> it's so yeah. crazy to think that her and Billy Eichner like have shared a love interest. I know. <laughs> and Jean Smart's probably in bros too. <laughs> <laughs> also reading her statement, it's clear that it's no longer GAC and it is it has been it's renamed GAF. GAF it's- which is more fitting, really. Yeah. It's a big GAF. <laughs> On Candace's statement, notable responses from Paula Ferris, who showed support, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who reposted and commented 
We love you, Candace. Your heart echoes such humility and love. And the call for grace and mercy in this season is real. Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji, different kind of heart emoji. She said, this is how you do not have an LGBTQ plus family member and do it gracefully. I gotta say, on her Instagram, the comments aren't limited, but they are all supportive. So her people did show up for her. And it's not all just haters. Are there any haters, or do you think she deleted? One hater by the name of Evan Ross Katz wrote, <laughs> What a quack. Wrote what? What a quack. Hmm. So that's where things sit with Candace's latest holiday project. I we we said last year when we reviewed her latest Hallmark movie that we were done with reviewing the the Candace mm-hmm. movies and I I'd, I'd have no intentions of making the move to gaff. Oh my god. No, so. Oh my god, no. What was the remind me what last year's movie was because I remember it being so bad and soul crushing that we were like we can't do this again. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I could try to name them all. How many years do you think we've done? So there's a a shoe addict's Christmas. Yeah, which I have to say, I'm not trying to by any means support Candace, but I did rewatch it last week. (laughs) And I do have to say, I've always said that Christmas Detour was my favorite. I got to say it's it's shoe addict Christmas. Okay, well. I'm not ranking, but I am trying to list this. So there's Shoe Addicts Christmas. Yeah. The Twin one. Switched for Christmas. The Wizard of Oz one. If I Only Had Christmas. Christmas Town. Yes. Also a great one. I looked up the name of last year's. What is it? If you'd like to have a guess. I can't think of what it, like, maybe it's called, like, Merry Christmas. So imagine, uh, what is... What's Jeopardy? <gasps> oh, it was game. It was a game. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. The Christmas okay. contest? Yes. Yeah. And it had What's her the Fuller plot? House guy. Yes. Her Full House boyfriend was in it. What was the contest? It was like they, the guy was a baseball player who owned a gym in town, and he was her enemy, and they both end up competing in this Christmas contest that the town has to raise money for the, I think it was for like the old folks home that her mom worked at. So it wasn't for the LGBTQ plus community center in the town. Uh, Absolutely not. She insisted that it be burned. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we mentioned Candace's, uh, co-host from The View, Raven. Mm-hmm. I saw something online recently about Raven where she did an interview with them. It's like an LGBT outlet. And she was looking back at some of her biggest career moments. And so I wanted to share something that she said that I thought was kind of interesting, especially since we're talking about Candace and all of her homophobia So Raven was talking about The View, and she said, uh, "It's Raven opened up about why she didn't, 
Raven opened up about why it took her a while to come out to the public and what it was like to be a host on The View. And she said, I didn't have any role models about like growing up queer. She said, like, who did I have to look up to? No offense, Ellen, but that didn't go so well for her. And so all of those moments just did not lead to a safe environment for me to come out. And and she said that's kind of like why it took her so long to come out of the closet. And then she said something that I thought was particularly interesting because I never really have heard her say this before. Um, she said, while she was on The View, she said, first of all, they told me this wasn't going to be a politically oriented show when they were revamping it and hired her. So she said she was catfished for one. And then she said, number two, me coming out wasn't a part of that. She said, when I started the show, I pretended like I hadn't even said anything, like that wasn't a part of my identity. And I went right back to the other person that I'm used to hiding. I'm used to hiding myself. So it was easy to hide in plain view. So translation, she's saying when she was on The View, even though she had come out publicly, she never talked about being queer on the show. And And I... that I don't ever really remember her talking about being queer on the show. So it's interesting, like hearing her say that, like, she didn't feel super comfortable at that time. And then also mm-hmm. thinking about how she was sitting with Candace <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I just have this in my mind that she was like a big old lesbian on The View. And that was great. <laughs> is she a lesbian or is she bisexual? She's married to a woman. But I don't know. I don't know if Raven likes labels about anything. Oh, yeah. That's her whole thing. She doesn't like labels. So the queer umbrella, I just think of her as being under the queer umbrella Mm -hmm. and that she was talking about it all the time. But maybe that's just a little Mandela effect where I'm projecting that onto her. Because now that I actually think about it, I can't really think of a whole lot of topics where it would have come up anyways. Yeah, like, I actually, I feel the opposite way because I specifically remember that she, like, never would talk about it and seemed uncomfortable when things would come up. And she even, at that time, or around that time of her life was when she was still saying that she, like, didn't like to identify as gay or straight or she didn't want to be, like, put a a label on her because that's not how she saw herself. So, like, I have that memory of her really sticking to, like, not wanting to talk about things. Yeah, I don't really I don't really remember the the whole labels thing with regards to her sexuality, but she did get in a lot of controversy. There is that whole Oprah interview that she did where she was like, I'm not an African American, I'm an American. And then Oprah was like, Oh, you're gonna set the Twitter on fire. I'm an American. I'm not an African American. I'm an American. Oh, girl, don't, don't set get up the started. Twitter on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lord. I mean, what? I'm oh, sorry. My Lord. <laughs> what did you just say? Stop, stop, stop the tape right now. Anyways, I did think it was interesting that she said she felt like she was catfished by the show because I think that was Michelle Collins' yeah. exact experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just anyway. thought of when they interviewed One Direction. <laughs> 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 it's just like that... Like, seeing them interview One Direction actually is the perfect example of, like, these were two people who thought that, like, 
the show was gonna be like funny pop culture like comedy <laughs> they and they they did not know what they were getting into let me wear a mask in this one direction interview <laughs> So keeping on the the season 14 or 15 or co-hosts, whichever season <laughs> that was. Eventually we'll get to the current season, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten more to go. Nicole Wallace made her return to the current season of The View. Mm-hmm. Almost a year after she made her little cameo on Whoopi's birthday last year. It's funny that now it's, like, safe for her to enter the building, like, now that Megan is gone, because, of course, (laughs) she has history with Megan's dad. I thought she got very much a hero's welcome to the show. There was, like, a a minute and a half long montage about her before she came out. They were doing those last season for the flashback Friday co-hosts. So I feel like they prepared one for her last season. Yes. It was good. It was like on like the X Factor, how every act like gets a big perform. That's what it was like. I thought the stage was gonna open in the middle and she was gonna walk out in fog. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. They, they gave Nicole the heroes welcome back and all of the women seemed to be like massive, massive fans of uh-huh. hers. And Sunny said that she watches her show every day. She looked beautiful. She's getting better with age. Who, Nicole? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly didn't notice her. <laughs> they lost me after Sarah said that she loves talking about her vagina with her friends, mm. amongst friends. And that, that was it. I couldn't do it by myself, but some, yeah. I find comfort in vagina talk <laughs> yeah. among my friends. Yeah. Anyway, something else that I wanted to talk about in view updates is this clip that has been going around the last couple days of Brooke Shields appearing on the Drew Barrymore show, where they discuss a problematic interview question or questions that were asked of them when they were quite young Mm -hmm. by the view's very own barbara walters Mm. of course she asked me what my measurements were and asked me to stand up and i stand up and she was like comparing herself to this little girl and i thought there's this isn't right i don't understand what this is but i just I behaved and I just smiled and felt like so taken advantage of. Uh, I thought it was like interesting for a variety of reasons. One of them being that sitting there beside them was the quote unquote hilarious Ross Matthews, (laughs) who is a permanent fixture on the Drew Barrymore show and who has his own beef with Barbara because he wrote in his book about how she bullied him backstage at the view uh-huh. as she should <laughs> and the story was that he had gone into a washroom and then Barbara went into the washroom after and said who left this tampon in the toilet <laughs> oh sorry that was sorry that was Jenny McCarthy I'm constantly confusing the two <laughs> What do you do? We think Barbara Walters is the next to be retroactively canceled. I don't. Shields. I don't think that you can cancel Barbara Walters because the industry would never let you cancel Barbara Walters. And also, it's like 
Barbara Walters isn't here to respond to any of this. And the thing is that what made Barbara Walters a great interviewer was that she acted as like a proxy for the audience where she asked what the audience was thinking. It wasn't necessarily that like she wanted to know Brooke Shields measurements. It's that that's what was talked about about Brooke Shields. And so when Barbara sat down, you knew she was going to ask the questions that were on the public's mind. And so like, I don't think that like, does Barbara Walters give a shit what Brooke Shields (laughs) measurements are? Never. So I just think like Barbara was a represent was a representative of the audience at the time. And so like, if we're going to cancel anybody, cancel the audience well it's like it's it's sad and it sucks because yeah like a lot of her questions sometimes were inappropriate when we and especially looking back now because we're our eyes are kind of open to like how it's okay for celebrities to have boundaries and to not answer invasive questions and like but it sucks that i and this is how i perceive it like i think that people like barbara walters and diane sawyer they had to like prove themselves up against like men who were dominating the industry. So mm-hmm. they had to like go the extra mile and show that they wouldn't back down from things. And so like at that time, that meant like crossing the line. Now looking now, we would like to think that those questions wouldn't be asked. But I think it's like a, a byproduct of the time period as well. I think people really don't understand that like people online and like younger people like don't get how much things have changed in a short period of time like we were talking about glee like glee was only 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and almost every episode of glee it has something problematic in it now and it was not that long ago all of the media was acting like acting foolishly towards people like they were none of them were acting right like the national Enquirer headline would be like like circling like uh marks that they thought were like you know cum stains on monica lewinsky and Perez Perez hilton yeah exactly and Perez hilton was drawing cum stains on celebrities all the time and writing inappropriate things and writing dicks on people's faces like it was such a different and bizarre and horrible time in media that and now we all just we don't do that so it's like to take only barbara or only diane sawyer um who they also brought up like to take those into account and only talk about like was barbara crossing the line it's like well every every form of media was crossing the line with people it doesn't mean that like their experience and them talking about how that traumatized them like that's completely valid. I'm not saying that like Drew Barrymore and Brooke Shields mm-hmm. can't express that, but it's the other people like chiming in on the internet where it's like, okay, well, yeah, like you shut up. Like Drew Barrymore, Brooke Shields can talk about that all they want because that's their experience. But it's like the other people being like, Barbara should rot in hell. It's like, how about you? be quiet Mm -hmm. also i will say though brooke shields was up for a job on the view interesting (laughs) and she lost out on that opportunity to jenny mccarthy oh my god and like think of how much differently that would have gone for like for everyone for the audience for history as well for history for the culture (laughs) for for vaccines (laughs) So moving on 
Whoopi Goldberg also wrapped up birthday season on The View by ha- celebrating her birthday with um, a whole bunch of drag queens mm. modeling some of her favorite things on the show, uh-huh. which I loved. <laughs> and she also used her birthday as the perfect opportunity to launch her new Prosecco, Whoopi Prosecco. <laughs> which we're all sipping on now. <laughs> I was so excited when the drag queens came out with the Prosecco because that is exactly what I want to drink. Like, I want that so badly. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not available in Canada right now. It's only available in the States. Although the Whoopi Prosecco Instagram account did tell me it would be coming to Canada soon. (laughs) But no update on that. My only wish for Christmas is to pop open a bottle of whoopee prosecco on christmas morning and just get blitzed and (laughs) i have some good news for me personally is that i just i my passport had been expired through covid and trying to renew a passport in the covid era was as difficult as getting a bottle of whoopee prosecco in canada so i just today finally got my new passport, which means I can drive over the border and buy a bottle of Whoopi Prosecco and and drink it in a parking lot in Maine. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. (laughs) The only hiccup in this, a little bit of a a little just thing you're going to have to work around is that I think you can only get it by ordering online. So you're going to have to ship that okay. to the parking lot. I'm going to have Maine. to rent property in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. But Just another little obstacle. <laughs> but I cannot wait <laughs> to be popping bottles with you with these Prosecco. <laughs> If there are any little hunties living in the state side of Niagara Falls and you want to meet us on the bridge on New Year's Eve with a bottle of Whoopi Prosecco, you'll be handsomely paid in compliments. (laughs) But I love how The View has been going all out for the gal's birthdays Mm -hmm. and i also love how down to celebrate her birthday whoopee is because there's it's the type of thing where like you there's no way to predict Mm -hmm. whether whoopee would be into celebrating her birthday or not but she loves celebrating her birthday and apparently she loves celebrating her birthday with drag queens so we love (laughs) that and so as these drag queens were appearing throughout the show they came back out at the end and whoopee gave this like little speech about the queens where she said she kind of tried to in her whoopee way she she was trying to talk a bit about how some of the like negative rhetoric that's been going around about drag queens Mm -hmm. grooming children Mm -hmm. and she tried to speak out a little bit about that she said they're having lots of questions being asked of queens all over the country right now and we need to remind people that these queens entertain and they entertain our kids they're in the libraries I think she said they're in the streets. So (laughs) 
when you're lucky enough to go to a drag show, really have a good time because they deserve everything we have to offer them. I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a shame that Whoopi doesn't get to be an honorary Rue girl like Megan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really is a shame. The thing about Whoopi is that she'll always support other performers and entertainers yeah. and artists. She will always stand up for artists. Tip your queens. Yeah, so, that's true. So, you know, this was no surprise, but I, it was it was a very, very um, welcome addition to her birthday. I think we often talk about Sarah the ally mm-hmm. and what it means to have an LGBTQ plus <laughs> family member and do it gracefully. Yeah. But I think we don't talk as much about like what an ally would be is because like what Whoopi said even in there in that little moment is more than it's that is getting to like an actual issue that is going on right now with LGBTQ people with, you know, the talking about drag queens, like grooming kids. Mm-hmm. It's this completely made up issue mm-hmm. that, that right wing people are trying to push lately that leads to violence. Mm-hmm. And I think Whoopi is actually like taking a moment to, like speak out about that in her own whoopee way and it's it's not just her being like i support same-sex marriage it's her being like actually getting talking about a real issue Mm -hmm. in a fun way in a fun show and i think she i don't know if she already has a glad award but she deserves another one Mm -hmm. isn't that what the g and e got stands for So those are all my view updates. Should we talk about some hot topics? Because there's a lot of them to talk about. Mm. Mm. Would love to. Mm, let's dive in. Let's sauce them and toss them and dive right in. Did we miss a, view? Did we miss a view update, though? Sherry? What? Or is that a hot topic? Oh, no, I just was going to mention that she was came there. I didn't okay. Really, I forgot. When we were talking about Nicole Wallace, I meant to mention it. Did you have anything to say about it? I got about a page of notes, but. (laughs) (laughs) Another former co-host who stopped by The View. Did I sound like the View intro just then? You You sounded sounded like like the TikTok voice filter lady, actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I really thought I was giving um, Virginia. (laughs) Like it like I heard myself and it like scared myself. Don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> Next up, another former View co-host joins the ladies. <laughs> That's actually really good. If she ever, well, if Virginia ever has, is like sick or something, <laughs> give me a call, guys. <laughs> I love how much airtime they're giving to Sherry to promote Sherry. <laughs> And, like, further to the Nicole Wallace comment that you made earlier, Kevin, about how she can safely walk into The View now that Megan is gone, (laughs) it's like, so can Sherry Shepard. And just in this past month, we have had Sherry Shepard, Nicole Wallace, and Billy Eichner, who all previously have been banned (laughs) from The View. That's true. Thanks to Megan. And it's so funny that when those, like, reports came out, Megan... Or Megan's team were like denying that that, or you know, the insiders at at Daily Mail deny that that is the reason why. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> how can you argue with the fact that now that she's gone, they've all been on multiple times? <laughs> yeah, 
And now that she's gone, and we all know that the insider at the Daily Mail is Megan McCain. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys been watching the Sherry show at all? I haven't. I feel really bad about that. Like, I feel... Like, I've had something on my to-do list that I'm really <laughs> supposed to do. Like, uh-huh. like very, like, like almost like banking level, imp- or like my taxes. And I just, <laughs> I'm overdue, and like, the cops are going to get me any day now. That's how I feel about not watching The Sherry Show. Listen, we need your support. I know. Except she's actually doing very well in the ratings. Well, like Oprah, she had- I know. Oprah's been watching the ratings, and she's thrilled. <laughs> Yeah, Oprah has been mentoring her through this. So mm-hmm. Oprah has thrown her support behind Sherry, and it's totally deserved, I think. I have been watching. I have to say, she has really come into her own with the show. Like, she, it is one of the funniest and happiest places on television right now. Yeah. If I usually try to watch The View live, but often I'm not home. And when I like come home from work or whatever, I'm not feeling like putting on The View sometimes. Sometimes I just want to put on Sherry because I know that Sherry is just going to talk about some weird, funny thing that happened to her last night and make me laugh. And I'm not going to have <laughs> to like think hard about, you know, what Alyssa Farah Griffin is saying and whether I condone it or not. Yeah. She's just going to tell me like whatever embarrassing thing Jeffrey did last night. And I live for it. And I actually am laughing out loud watching the show. (laughs) Which is actually the entire concept of the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yes. It's it's very much the Rosie O'Donnell show. And she, almost every episode has on a comedian to do the Joy's Comedy Corner with her. Which is Sherry's Laugh Lounge, but it's the exact same format as Joy's Comedy Corner. Okay, I'm gonna start watching. You sold me. Is it on YouTube? It's the f- seven o- seven p.m. Eastern Standard. The episode goes on YouTube every night. Late live, they live broadcast it seven p.m. on YouTube. <laughs> what do you mean they live? Like broadcast Sherry it? is live broadcasting it. I thought Sherry was a morning show. The show comes on broadcast television mm-hmm. at 10 a.m. and then it comes on youtube at 7 p.m live streaming oh, like on wow. the sherry channel yeah and oh if you don't God. catch it you so you can watch the stream but if you don't catch it they upload the whole thing every oh day my God. wow the view could take notes mm-hmm. from the social media team mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just jeffrey like he's just uploading <laughs> the episode <laughs> as a favor to her yeah. Well, because didn't she? I did see something where she was like, Jeffrey has to come to work with me. But she was like, if I have to go to work, Jeffrey, because Jeffrey was there yeah, doing like the no. camera or something. So I did see a clip. Oh, I yeah. Saw a clip. <laughs> One of her favorite things to do, which harkens very much back to the view, is like make fun of what Jeffrey's doing and talk about like school. So if Jeffrey has a day off school, she'll like force Jeffrey to come to the studio and then she'll like pretend that he's operating a camera <laughs> or like that she's put him to work. <laughs> I think like it's it's just a shame. I feel like some I feel like I'm not seeing enough like LGBT community support for Sherry in mm-hmm. the way that they show up for Wendy because yeah. I think Ultimately, it comes down to people not being able to like have the idea of two successful black women talk show hosts at once. I will say, I think you're right, though. But I think it's that's more that the G community isn't showing up. 
The L community is showing up <laughs> massively for Sherry. For Nisi Nash's best yes, friend. Yes, exactly. For Nisi Nash's best friend, Sherry. And I also think that Sherry and Nisi both know that the L community is, is showing up for them because they both post content on social media that is like catered specifically to like lesbian sense of humor. Like there was mm-hmm. a video posted where Nisi and her wife, uh, Jessica, um, were like at backstage at Sherry and Nisi's wife and Sherry were like hugging. And they were like hugging a little too long. <laughs> Sherry's like today's were kind of out in her outfit, and Nisi was like, "Okay, okay, break it up, break it up, break it up." Yeah. Like it was very much like it was it was for me. Um, <laughs> so maybe it wasn't for the G community necessarily, but it was for me. So I but do th- think that Sherry has found a, a portion of the LGBTQ audience. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one of the things that I think when I'm saying she's come into her own and she has found like what her unique perspective is as a talk show host, which is that she is she has been in the entertainment industry as an actor for so long. Mm -hmm. So she has so many friends like Niecy Nash and like Lonnie Love and Mm -hmm. like comedians and actors. And she's appeared on so many different TV shows that she has a lot of close friends that are also like famous like Nisi Nash. Mm, who are also love. really funny and entertaining. Yeah. And so she has those people on all the time and like talks about like their like funny antics mm-hmm. together. And she also pretty much any actor she has on, she can say like, I remember when I worked with you on insert name of random sitcom that's not on anymore and it's like in the same way that kelly clarkson's perspective as a musician Mm -hmm. is like unique to her like sherry is really bringing like that i'm an actor perspective to her show i don't know okay well as a g i commit to making sherry a thing good the g community needs to understand that it's not sherry's fault that things like went to shit for wendy mm-hmm. williams i don't think people I mean, blame her i well i think some I people do, do i do think that some people do i feel like people hold it against sherry like as if her success is is because of wendy's downfall and it's like no like the it sucks that People only got exposed to how amazing of a host Sherry is be- while she was filling in for Wendy. But it's not like we can't have both. We could have both. It's just, It's you like know. what happened to Caroline Ray when she took over the yes. Rosie show and they put her in the 2 a.m. slot. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But but Sherry is not failing in the ratings. She's Her and Jennifer Hudson are both doing actually quite well, mm-hmm. considering that they are brand new talk shows. Mm-hmm. Didn't know Jennifer Hudson had a talk show. No one <laughs> you told didn't me know that. <laughs> well, Je- it must I- have it must have slipped your memory. <laughs> <laughs> and now that she's a daily talk show host, she can afford her very own Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> Just another iconic line from her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For me, it's a dream, girl, because that's <laughs> one of my most famous, one of my most favorite celebrities. Two of my most favorite celebrities have talk shows right now. So. <laughs> so 
let's we have a lot of hot topics to get through. Let's so do it. Let's move on to hot okay. topics. What hot topics are you doing? So the past month, Joy's month in review on The View, they were discussing all sorts of things, mostly the midterm elections that was like dominating still. They also talked about Trump announcing his run for presidency again, which, you know, what is there to say? I have to be honest, this like never ending cycle of elections, this like election industrial complex that the United States has, where it's just constantly like, I don't know who came up with this cycle. I think it's like political advisors to keep themselves employed. It's Mm -hmm. just constantly happening. And it's like, I just thought just for the sake of the view, can we have a year off of this? Because it's like, we're back to talking about Trump. Like we just had a short break where we didn't have to talk about Trump every day, even though he still came up. But it's like, now we're talking about Trump again. I know. It's insane. Like, I actually will watch The View and be like, oh my God, the election's soon. And then I'll be like, wait, 2024? Like, we're not even 2023 yet. Like, yeah. Like, but if you watch the show, it'll trick you into thinking that an election's around the corner. corner. It's absolutely not. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022. (laughs) And I don't need to be worried about 2024. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, so they talked about Trump announcing his run, the midterm elections, Elon Musk destroying Twitter, Mm. reinstating Trump on Twitter and Kanye. And um, Whoopi actually announced that she quit Twitter. And they also talked about Nancy Pelosi uh, stepping down. And something that I wanted to start off by talking about that The View covered which was the mass shooting that happened at the LGBTQ plus nightclub in Colorado, where five people were killed and 25 people were injured. So it kind of kicked off, like as I was recently saying how Whoopi has been a good ally lately, it kicked off with Whoopi um, calling out some of the negative rhetoric that's been going on towards LGBTQ people by the the lower the Lauren um, Boberts of the world, mm-hmm. and she talked about how wor- words matter, like alluding to like your words lead to violence. Mm-hmm. And after she kind of says that, she throws to Alyssa very oddly by saying specifically to Alyssa. I know you hate when stuff like this happens. What what is going on here? I mean, I, I I see and I know you hate when this stuff happens because we're pointing at people. And then she trailed off, but I think she meant because we're pointing at Republicans oh. for what did you th- I interpret think, that? Like, I didn't love like I felt like the conversation really devolved into like, what is Christianity? And it's all about loving thy neighbor. And it was like, I think that's not oh. the point here. Um, which like it's whatever I appreciate the sentiment but it's like I don't think that that's the point Um, I don't think that like that's going to persuade anybody to not violently attack like communities that they don't like for whatever reason Uh, I just think like we could have focused on what happened and like why this happened to the LGBTQ community um and i appreciate it like sunny went to her greatest hit of like jesus would be at the gay pride parade and like that's Mm. fine that like all of that is good i just feel like the direction it took was like we got a little bit away from actually what happened absolutely 
I guess what I'm hung up on is I just thought it was bizarre in talking about this that Whoopi immediately threw to the Republican on the panel to get their take on it. Like, Mm. she... Alyssa, who was a spokesperson for one of the most famous homophobes, Mike Pence, Mm -hmm. and was a spokesperson for famous transphobe, homophobe, racist Donald Trump. Let's throw to her. And then she says that it struck her that every time LGBT people move forward, it's always two steps back. And she talks about how same-sex marriage was just codified. And I think it it turned the conversation into like, let's talk about same-sex marriage. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like she said that she thinks it's actually like a vocal minority that's spewing hateful rhetoric. But in reality, most people actually do support same-sex marriage. And I get her point there and like what she's going for. But I also think like using same-sex marriage as a, uh, a reference point for like whether people how lgbt people are doing as a whole is short-sighted whoopi is actually the only one that like completely nailed it yeah yeah it definitely like it got way off what the actual topic was of of what happened in colorado and it talking about same-sex marriage like Talking about the Marriage Equality Act, like that isn't the same as talking about the violence that gay and trans people face every day. And it's not the same thing as talking about the weird trend that's happening online of like drag queens being accused of being grooming, being groomers, or trans people being accused of going into bathrooms for grooming. Like that's not the same conversation as talking about is same-sex marriage being legalized or, you know, what politicians are supporting it. It's like, no, like, I would like to hear more about the... Speaking of drag... (laughs) There goes Justin Trudeau. (laughs) Start your engines. Oh, my God. They really just got away from what the actual topic was. And I love the view. And I I really do. I believe in my heart that all of those people, even Alyssa included, do, do respect the LGBTQ community and have love for the community. But that being said, I think that if there actually was a lesbian or a bisexual woman or a trans woman on the panel, there would have been more time devoted to it talking about the actual victims and naming the victims of the attack and speaking directly to that incident as opposed to just making it a political talking point. Yeah, this is I think that there's I think that there's like a couple things going wrong here. One is this notion that The View is the most important political show on television. I think that because of that, they feel like everything has to be related back to a law or a politician or a specific Mm -hmm. policy Mm -hmm. that's been put in place. I don't think that's the case. I think that, yes, this kind of behavior, this like kind of violence and these kinds of attacks have been emboldened by people like the people that Alyssa worked for. Um, But I don't think that that's like the root of what's going on. And I think that only giving it a three minute segment or whatever it was on one day 
is just like not fair to the topic. And it's mm-hmm. disappointing to me that like they've just had to relate this back and then that they have somebody sitting on the panel who actually is, I'm sorry, complicit in yeah. mm-hmm. the kind of rhetoric and violence that has happened. And they can't have, I think, as a result, an honest conversation about the entire topic. So it's like it becomes this general topic that they're discussing that doesn't get to specifics. And then they never mention it again. Yeah, like like, they took in that way, they're doing the public and especially the LGBTQ plus community a disservice where I think that like Marie says, I think that their heart is in the right place, but I just, I don't think they have the tools where they've like boxed themselves in, in a weird way where they can't actually have the conversation they need to have. Yeah. Like they took the whole, they took the human aspect of the story completely out of it by turning it into just a political talking point. And one of the reasons that we always say that it's so important for the view to one day have a trans co-host on the show is because that's something that actually would like very tangibly lead to less violence. Mm -hmm. And Alyssa kind of like, she brought up a good point in that when like she feels that when LGBTQ people do get more rights and things do advance, it takes two steps back. And I do think that that is a good point in the sense and what kind of what you're talking about as well as when we do have more representation or you hear about you we're hearing about drag queens more we're hearing about trans people more but without having that same representation like normalized you know and brought into mainstream places like having a person like that on the view it still creates this sense of like othering them and it it makes people believe like they don't know trans people or they would not get along with a trans person. But like mm-hmm. we need to get to a point where just having trans people in those spaces is the norm and having gay people in those spaces is the norm. Like we're not even at that point yet, you know? So it's like we we need to take some more steps to actually have those positive representations because just having a gay character on a TV show or, you know, knowing what RuPaul's Drag Race is, like that's not enough. Like we need to keep pushing. We can't just like settle for this. And we need to stop prioritizing hiring conservatives on Yeah. A show like The View. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like Alyssa says, you know, when the LGBTQ plus community takes three steps forward and then two steps back in terms of the rights, like the elephant in the room here is that you were working for the administration yeah. that set the two steps back and like mm-hmm. put all of these bills and policies in place that made being a trans person more difficult yeah. in the United States. So. I I can't like I couldn't sit there with a straight face and say that without also having to like atone for my part in that. And I know she was just a spokesperson, Mm -hmm. but that's still a significant role and like a very public facing role that I would be personally embarrassed if I were saying that. I already feel like we've entered into the the Alyssa era of her acting like that didn't happen. Totally. What am I famous for again? (laughs) Yeah, I almost feel like ever since Trump like quote unquote tweeted about her on true social it almost felt like the court had finally like she had finally been released from that and it's like look look everybody now you can see i actually have 
beef with this guy. We are not the same. We are actually we're we actually never even got along. Um, look what he's saying about me. And I feel like in her mind, that's released her from like some of these past. I don't want to say atrocities, but like sins that she has mm-hmm. committed, and that's not okay. And yeah. like, I don't like that the view, and, and like, just just like on Alyssa more generally, day to day, I'm not minding her as much as I thought I would. Like, it's no. it's giving early Abby for me, yeah. and uh, but unfortunately, I think that that's like a negative thing that the view has done to like normalize a person like this, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, I. With Trump announcing that he's running for re-election by hiring Alyssa is almost like they're certainly not doing anything to help make sure that Trump doesn't get re-elected. Like the gag is that if Ivanka Trump came knocking on the door at The View, they would be falling over themselves to give her a contract like they well, would, they, would they love it, this they think yeah. this is great and i think it that's would literally problem. be like when they pushed jet out to hire megan yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally <laughs> and look what they did to her now she's <laughs> wacko they radicalized her she yeah they fully joker both of them her. actually yeah but jedediah is why i can never fully trust Alyssa because i've seen it be- mm-hmm. I've seen it happen already where I've seen like someone try to be something so that they could be successful on the show and then leave the show and yeah. try to be something completely different so that they could continue to have a TV career. And seeing that happen with Jed has scarred me. Yeah. To quote Anna Navarro, I've seen this movie before. And to quote Sarah Haynes quoting Taylor Swift, and I didn't like the ending. <laughs> <laughs> and to quote Joy not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, there's so many topics to get through. So let's move on to this discussion that they had about affirmative action that I wanted to talk about because it was like a little bit sporty, little (laughs) bit. I I don't think we'll ever see spicy again, but we saw sporty. We've been Mm -hmm. seeing sporty. This was definitely sporty. So they were talking about how the Supreme Court were having discussions over a, a couple of cases that have happened recently that were challenging race-conscious college admission policies. And these discussions were leading to speculation that it could lead to like a general overturning of affirmative action policies at univer- at like various universities, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they were discussing that. And it started with Sunny talking about how she received an education equal opportunity scholarship and it did have something to do with her race, but she also had a 4.0 GPA. She brings up how this issue about civil rights is actually being pushed by a man named Edward Bloom, who is like a right wing activist and basically saying that like this issue isn't a, a true issue it's actually just a a white man who's a, a, a right-wing activist that is kind of crafting legal attacks on civil rights and has people fooled does that make sense <laughs> like i didn't get yes. the issue when they talked about it on the view i still don't get it now yeah. that it's been explained to me I think what I... I do get is the fact that sarah and sunny were like politely at each other's throats in this whole segment yeah 
the problem with the, the civil rights movement was to say, don't discriminate against race because discriminating hurts a race. Fixing it with the same discrimination is going to hurt some other but that's race. Not, that's, 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 that's not what, what that's not what happened. Let me let me explain, you know, unless you're saying white people are discriminated against. No, no I'm saying Asian Americans yeah. in this instance. I didn't understand what Sarah's point was. And I think that other people also didn't understand what her point was because it sounded like she was saying something bad, but I don't think that's what she meant. So I think that they were like arguing because neither of them understood what her point was supposed to be. I felt like Sarah was walking a a fine line of like being like, white people are being oppressed like that was the i'm not like, i'm not saying that she was saying yeah, that like, but like people, that's what i was getting sounding, yeah it kept sounding like that's what she was yeah. saying. saying asian people are getting oppressed this is a right-wing attack on our rights and it's a concerted effort well, sunny there are a lot of asian americans that are a part of this and there's something called a person i think they're the person, few well yeah and and it can be started by a guy like that but it doesn't disrupt the facts that there's a personality rating that asian americans are having trouble with in mm-hmm. regards to a cultural difference it's i wouldn't even say it's discriminatory it's downright racist i'm now two and a half drinks in <laughs> so it's like harder for me to I did go I, into this knowing a, kind of what it was about, but now I'm not sure anymore. It was like, okay, like I understand the topic, but I don't understand what they were talking about on the view. Like I understood it as it was presented. And then as soon as they started like debating it, and as soon as Sarah started talking, I was like, I actually have no idea what's going on. It was on. as because soon as there's the Bloom co- guy got brought into the whole conversation, I was lost. I like didn't everything up until that point, and then they're like, I don't know who this guy is, but they're bringing this guy up. I was like, it was also just bizarre, like because then the point almost, and again, maybe I'm misunderstanding. It almost felt like then at one point it was like, Sunny was being like, no, this is how Asians feel about it. And Sarah's being like, no, That's this is actually it, how Asians, it's like, why don't we have an Asian person on the fucking panel? And ask them how they personally feel about it. Like, no, why ex- was that the debate? That's exactly what happened. Like, Sa- Sunny was saying Asian people feel this way, and Sarah was saying, well, actually, minorities feel this way. They support race conscious yeah. admissions. Koreans by 82%, Indians 80%, Asian Americans overall 69%, Filipinos 67%, Vietnamese 67%, Japanese 65%, Chinese 59%. Pew poll, April 2022, majorities of Americans across racial and ethnic and partisan groups say race or ethnicity should not be factored in to college acceptance. 68% of Hispanic adults, 63% Asian Americans, 59% of black adults. And it was like, you both have two different polls that you're reading from. And it's like, what is the truth? And also there's kind of, part of why it's so confusing is because there's like a general conversation about affirmative action and whether that is like actually good for society. And then the other thing that they're talking about simultaneously is a specific like Harvard Supreme Court case. I just felt like, as opposed to discussing what does this group of people feel about it? No, actually... My research says this group of people feel like feels this way. Why wouldn't they just like talk about their own personal opinions about it? The thing, the thing that I <laughs> that stuck out to me the most in this was just the way that Sarah was like holding firm in her um, beliefs and what she wanted to say about this. Like mm-hmm. she 
There's many times in the past where Sarah has said her opinion and then kind of backed down. If someone challenged her, she would not um, argue with them back and forth as much. Like, she, it's mm-hmm. not saying that she wouldn't, like, stand up for what she thought, but she never, she's not, like, huge into debating. And I think she, in this topic, she was ready to debate. I almost felt like they had a conversation about it in the meeting where it maybe got heated, and then they both mm-hmm. came out, like, ready to <laughs> to go at it and I, a lot of people watch this and thought like damn like sarah's changed like sarah <laughs> is a different sarah because she's ready to debate there is some element of the past couple months where i feel like sarah and Alyssa are so similar in terms of their views yeah that i feel like sarah's wanting to differentiate herself a little bit and Alyssa has gotten a little bit heated, but it's been pretty like passive aggressive, generally speaking. And I feel like this was a moment where Sarah was like, I, the, I am the new Sarah and this is the Sarah you're getting. And you are not going to push me out for this Alyssa Farah Griffith, Griffin. <laughs> and like, I'm just, I'm making a stand here because like I have a seat at this table and I've been, I was here first and I need to like, make my mark. I wrote in my notes that the whole time Sarah was talking, Alyssa was barely saying anything, but she was (laughs) nodding furiously. It was like their homework got swapped and like (laughs) she accidentally got (laughs) Alyssa's research project and then like had to present it to the class as if it was her own. I do think that Sarah has stepped into her power and a lot of people are saying that Sarah is like more powerful than ever. For example, she even moderated the show. Who's, say- who's saying this? People that follow Deja the View, everyone is saying that like it is a strong month for Sarah. Yeah. People are saying that. I don't disagree. I just I haven't I haven't seen the chatter. Okay, well, I have a voice memo that relates to this, but now I'm scared to play it. Hi, Deja The View. This is Eamon from Pittsburgh. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on Sarah's performance this season. Um, Me, personally, I kind of think Sarah's been the MVP for this season. Uh, She's keeping the lights on at The View, if you would say. Um, I just think, especially this last month with the midterms, the show has been kind of really boring in many ways because the topic is always the same and everyone kind of has the same talking point. And Sarah always bring something different and something that I wouldn't normally expect to hear in a conversation, which is kind of makes me more interested in what she has to say more than anything. And also she's been handling debate really well and kind of taking it to Sunny and, and sometimes winning over Sunny in moments. Like I think it's been really interesting to see her kind of grow into this top level star really of the show. Just want to get you guys' thoughts. And I'm sorry, but I kind of agree. Like, I think she kept it interesting in in this affirmative action topic. And I think she has been keeping it interesting by like fighting for things that you wouldn't expect someone to fight so hard for. I don't even think she was expecting to fight for this. But I don't, I don't disagree. Like, I do think she's been doing a good job. And I have to say, when she moderated, I think that was some of the best moderation I've seen in years on this show. I mean, like, I thought it was great. I thought she did a really, really good job. And it was like, it was reminding me of Meredith Vieira. 
the line of succession has been revealed mm-hmm. and it's Sarah. Yeah. And we've been saying that she's always had Meredith Vieira vibes. Yeah. Maybe she's slightly less like um, sexual innuendo, but <laughs> she has Meredith Vieira vibes. She came from the Today Show. It makes sense. Some people on Facebook were saying like, oh, I bet Sunny was mad that Sarah got it over her. But I think it makes sense. Like Sarah, Sarah's career has been as a host who on The View is a commentator, mm-hmm. whereas Sunny's career has been as a commentator where on The View she dabbles in hosting. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I do think she's had a lot of strong moments generally. Mm-hmm. In this past month, I'm I don't identify with the word moderate, but if 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 there was someone to represent moderates, like it's Sarah, like she represents that perspective very well, and she she wears that hat and owns it. I think, and she does it gracefully. <laughs> above all, um, I looked on at the official fan page of the View to see what people thought of Sarah moderating. Lou said, I am so proud of Sarah. I know Sunny was absolutely shocked and pissed off that she was not chosen to be the moderator. I am so happy they gave Sarah the opportunity to show everyone that she could do a great job. Good for you, Sarah. We also have Lynn. Love Sarah as host. She's terrific. Much more relaxed than Joy. Sorry, Joy. She was more relaxed. She's right. It's not that Sunny couldn't be a fantastic moderator as well. It's just that I see the logic of picking yeah. Sarah. Sunny's whole thing is like she goes on shows as an expert to give her expert opinion on things. Yeah, Sunny yeah. responds. I think Sarah's a good poser. Poser of po- questions, not like a poser. Oh. <laughs> okay, moving on from that. They also were talking a lot this month about the midterm elections, and they were specifically discussing a speech where, um, ahead of the midterm elections, where Biden um, was was warning in a speech about election deniers and basically saying that democracy is in peril because of these people. And they were talking about how unprecedented that it it is that election denying has become like okay for candidates and so in this discussion Alyssa talks about how in this election she thinks there's going to be a red wave in the midterms uh-huh. which she was wrong it was a lavender haze as she said <laughs> it was actually the best i felt about the country because it was much more like sort of Taylor Swift would call a lavender haze. This was no red way. And she says again, like how we were talking about in our last episode, how like inflation or talking about inflation and how Democrats should be explaining how they're going to help people put poultry on the table (laughs) um, and be focusing on that messaging. Sarah says that she's frustrated that Republicans are doing a better job of getting an effective message out. She's worried that even though their message is not policy related and is like all fear based like they're doing a better job with their messaging and she says apart from inflation crime and abortion are big issues for people and she thinks that the left need to do a better job getting that messaging out about what they're going to do about those things Mm -hmm. 
this kind of turns into a discussion about abortion. This topic is so many different things. Sunny talks about abortion, saying that she recently read a poll that said that white suburban women are now going to vote Republican, and that this is almost like roaches voting for raid. It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's I, I think like that's they're that's voting. Ins- no, it's insulting to the against, voter. We, they're we, voting no, against no. their own self-interest. Do they want to live in Gilead? Okay, do so do we love in the hands? Do we love democracy or not? Now she must have known when she said that 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 was going to be controversial because Sunny is victim to so many attacks online of people calling her racist which makes no sense mm-hmm. and she must have known when she said this that like that was going to be a little bit controversial for certain people white suburban women like as if they would not like being compared to roaches is that why yeah exactly okay but it's like it's an obvious analogy it's like i got it it's like oh, it's, yeah. you're just talking about why would they vote for something that's going to end up killing them Yep, but obviously, like, right-wing white people are going to say, like, oh, she's calling us roaches. Right. Which Which is exactly what happened, because it blew up in the media as, like, Sonny Hostin calls white Republican women cockroaches. And then it was, like, big, 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 big. But but, but actually, on the show, they did have this big, like, I would say it was, like, Alyssa's first big fight on the show with Sonny. She immediately um, she immediately was offended and said that what Sunny just said was insulting to the voter. And she said, do we love democracy or not? Because people make decisions based on what's right for their family. But I felt like the sparks really flew after the media frenzy and after the Republican Twitter picked up the story of Sunny Hostin calling white Republican women cockroaches because it was like over a weekend. And then they came back and Alyssa was like, this is it. This is my moment to shine. And it was like the first opportunity she got. She was like, well, wait a second, Sunny, didn't you just last week call white women cockroaches? And I felt like she was really coming in that day, like ready to fight. Like she had discovered this outrage and I felt like she was kicking herself for not saying something in the moment, but now she was going to come and like do this Republican talking point because I feel like she actually hasn't been stepping up to the Republican, like to the plate at the view as Mm -hmm. the Republican in like a really strong way. And I felt like this was, it felt calculated to me. And it did pay off in the way that, like, they did have, like, a very heated debate about it. So, yeah, they had this moment on, like, a Friday or some or a Thursday or Friday where Sonny said uh, Roaches voting for Raid. And then on the, the Monday or whatever, they came back and had a similar topic. Alyssa started talking about, like, negative rhetoric coming from people on the left. Sonny was like, who are these far left people? And then they started getting into it. And that's when Alyssa called Sunny Hun. Right. I worry that some of the far left has become so negative in how they talk about the other party. Who are these far left people? Sunny, I don't think I, you can other you, both sides hun, of this. Because the far left... I said Hun. I, like, I'm talking the, to my husband. The, the father, far left did last, not storm the Capitol. Last week you, so called, let's talk last about week you called white Republican women cockroaches. Actually, I didn't. And but you said they're acting me, like cockroaches. I used an assimilator. Let me, let me, let me answer that. As soon as Alyssa said Hun, I think she immediately said, oh shit, like she's going to think that I'm 
doing a microaggression, but I actually was just calling her hun, like how I talk to my husband. I mistook you for a moment for my husband. For my husband, who I call my wife. In the way that Candace Cameron Beret. <laughs> I mean, either it was a microaggression or she genuinely just said hun because that's how she talks to her husband when they fight. And then as Sunny is trying to explain her comment, they start talking over each other and Whoopi like yells at them. I feel like Whoopi was having like PTSD from the Megan years because it really was not mm-hmm. that serious. Okay. I used to that for, here's what I'm going to ask you all to do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to tone it down a bit because yeah. I can't hear anything. Yeah. No one respond. can hear what's being said. She saying. just said I called white women brooches. Go ahead which and respond. My mother's a white woman. So Go I wouldn't respond. say that. Alyssa and Sunny both froze. But you could tell I felt like Sunny wasn't being sheepish. I felt like for this was the moment where she was going to say, actually, Whoopi, you better let me finish and mm. you better let me talk because I'm not going to let. Alyssa twist my words because Sunny had been dealing with a whole weekend of these headlines of like Sunny Hostin the racist calls white women cockroaches which are which is psychotic because anybody like if Alyssa was coming to at this with like in good faith like Alyssa knew what she meant Alyssa was there she heard Sunny's comments she heard Sunny's whole speech and then it was like she was riding on the wave of this like media frenzy around Sunny and just like decided this is my moment to like I'm going to use this to pick a fight and have a moment and so I felt like Sunny was like yeah you're right she was like not gonna back down and was gonna be like this is psychotic don't like you're this isn't no we're not doing this at work and that moment where Whoopi tried to shut it down and Sunny had her one finger up and she looked at Whoopi and she went, yeah. Yeah. Like that, I feel, was Sunny looking at Whoopi and saying, I've been respectful to you <laughs> for many years now, but if you don't let me continue, I'm going to flip this table. <laughs> And Whoopi did let her continue, and Sunny went on to explain her t- her comments and say that Alyssa was actually twisting her words, which led to Alyssa backtracking and uh, essentially clarifying that actually Sunny did not say that. I do want to clarify. I misquoted Sunny. I think she clarified what she said. It was a simile. It was an analogy. It was not saying white Republican women are bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that she was fighting against, not two minutes before, she was like suddenly agreeing with and like making peace. Yeah. But I kind of want to go back to like the original day that this comment happened because Alyssa, uh, Alyssa's like reason for having an issue with that comment in the first place is that she felt it was insulting to the voter because she thinks that it's, it's okay for people to make decisions on what's right for their family. And We've kind of skipped over the fact that Alyssa, in that original day that they talked about this, tried to kind of challenge Sunny about her view on abortion. Because Alyssa was saying, well, Sunny, you were against abortion and you've evolved on that issue. So why can't someone else have a different view? And Sunny had to kind of defend her view on abortion by saying, well, like, I believe abortion is wrong for me but that doesn't mean 
that I'm going to try to intervene in other people's lives and tell them what they can't do. And the idea that well, the you should have a say women, for everyone else's vote. The fact that women are voting against you their own You had a different view on abortion not I, that long ago and you were I have on that it. view. But that issue is right. I but then why, But then why is another woman but not I am very able to have a different view? And I thought it was interesting because it points to kind of like how different, how Republicans view voting, like... Sunny is a perfect example of you don't vote in the name of your own self-interest. You vote on behalf of like people who are vulnerable. That's how you should be voting. It's not a selfish thing voting. So Sunny's saying, even though I don't agree with abortion, I'm still going to vote on behalf of people who are vulnerable, who need abortions. Whereas Alyssa is saying, we all vote for what's right for us. And I feel like Sarah is often kind of saying that too. Like we vote for the issues that are most important to us, like Sarah saying um, in this election, the most important thing to her was election deniers. And then puts, she said, put women's rights second. And I think that like, it was an interesting thing because like that is actually the true issue here is like the philosophy on kind of voting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird because it was this was bringing me back a little bit to the Megan days where me, remember Megan like famously said climate change isn't even in my top 20 issues that I vote on. And it's like I get that people have issues that they vote on, but there's a couple things going on here. One is that like you have this mm-hmm. ranking system of issues you vote on and in the exactly. US you only have two parties. It's like pretty cut and dry where I would get that in Canadian politics where there's like multiple left-wing parties to choose from. There's mm-hmm. kind of like one, two right-wing parties to choose from, one like kind of legitimate right-wing party but i would get that in canada where it's like okay like i do have this ranking of issues and like which of these like left-leaning parties or progressive parties are going to fulfill that and that your vote might change year to year but like in the states it's like you're either a good person or you're a bad person right like that's what it comes down to and so like this idea of ranking it's like that i feel like that's a bit disingenuous because it it like ultimately is about like what kind of a person are you I don't exactly. like this, this idea of like ranking issues. Yeah, like being like, oh, people mm-hmm. make the decision for what's right for their family. That's not, in my philosophy, how you should vote. You should vote on behalf of people who need resources. The topic ended actually with Sunny getting scolded by Whoopi because as Whoopi was talking, Sunny was like texting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You can't help it. People do, put that phone down, girl. God bless you. It's my son. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Sunny had like an elaborate story as to why she was texting, which was like had to do with her son voting and absentee ballots and stuff. So she like it was a little bit of like uh this it was like when you call in sick and you, you give, give too, too many, many details. Yeah. <laughs> Where you could have just said it was an emer- it was sick. a family emergency, but it was like my like democracy is on the line. My she son's Katie ballot. It. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> she Katie priced it. <laughs> so we also should talk about this Michelle Obama topic that they did. They did a topic about how when Michelle Obama was first lady, 
Her appearance was very scrutinized, and she recently told People magazine that she still has a lot of insecurities about her appearance, and she still cringes at imperfections. And so she has made it a point to focus on the positive aspects of her body. And Joy mentioned that apparently there is a trend that I don't think is actually a trend, uh, where people are undoing cosmetic procedures and embracing what they really look like. Mm. Which Joy then after saying that, points out that being pretty is a privilege. (laughs) I just want to know why Joy feels the need to go so hard for Eleanor Roosevelt. (laughs) Right. So the thing that happened in this topic is that Sunny says that she feels that Michelle Obama was actually one of the most vilified first ladies in history. And it becomes so contentious with Joy because Joy interrupts her to be like, nope, nope, it was Eleanor Roosevelt. And the audience weirdly, like, applauds. Like, Sunny wasn't even finished the sentence. And Joy's like, no, Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt. I think she was one of the most vilified first ladies in history. No, and no, Eleanor Roosevelt has Eleanor Roosevelt. that uh, I, 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 I think she was vilified for her looks. That's what I'm saying. Eleanor Roosevelt was I don't think it's... Like, what? What is she talking about? I clearly don't know much about Eleanor Roosevelt, but, like, what is she talking about? It, again, kind of felt like they talked about it in the meeting, and everyone already knew what Sunny was going to say, and they were, like, ready. Joy was like, pull up my binder on Eleanor Roosevelt. (laughs) And yet nobody was talking about how... Nancy Reagan being the throat goat in the parking lot. <laughs> no one worked harder than Nancy Reagan. <laughs> no one was talking about how Jackie Onassis could cut through cans with her teeth. <laughs> Is that true? But everyone, look at them. She's like jaws of steel. Everyone's talking about Eleanor Roosevelt. I literally just Googled Eleanor Roosevelt to see if there's, like, something that's, like, you know, very obvious. But, like, I don't know what they're talking about. The first result is an Eleanor Roosevelt most vilified first lady in history. (laughs) And, like, specifically about looks. Because Sunny says, well, no, like, I'm talking about looks here. And Sarah says, well, Eleanor was for her looks, too. And that leads to Anna saying, well, actually, I think there's a racial component here. And they all start talking over each other. And then that's when Sunny goes, can I finish? Can I Mm. chat? I don't think it's comparable. Can I finish? Can I chat? Can I chat on this show? Um, Can I chat on this show? It was actually insane how they all jumped on her about that when it's like, I I would say an, in modern memory, yeah, definitely Michelle Obama got the most fucking insane criticism and uncalled for critiques about her physical appearance. I can't think of an uh another first lady who went through that. So like what was the argument about even? Why were they all so passionate to argue with her about it? That's the thing. Like, I couldn't understand what Sunny had said that was so radical. She didn't even say Michelle was the most vilified. No one's coming for you, Eleanor Roosevelt. You can have the top spot. (laughs) Also, like, I don't, I can't really do mental math. So I can't really calculate, like, how old Joy would have been when Eleanor Roosevelt was, like, the thing. 
But like Eleanor Roosevelt died in 1962. Joy's 80. So like, I don't know how much how much crossover there is between Joy remembering a lot. Eleanor <laughs> Roosevelt. A lot. <laughs> so Joy would have been in her early 20s. Like 20 years worth. Oh, well, I was like, what does a two-year-old remember about oh, Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh, did you Roosevelt? say she died in 19... 19- yeah. Oh. In 19... 19- she was born in 1884. Oh, okay. Sorry. Eleanor Roosevelt was born in 1884, died 1962. Okay. My apologies. That's what I mean. I'm like, what is That's this like thing pre-cars. about? That's like I know. Cars the movie, I mean. <laughs> Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt, to get to the White House, had to punch a hole through the bottom of the car and drive it like Fred Flintstone. That's how old she is. That's why I'm like, what is the crossover between Joy Behar and Eleanor Roosevelt? Well, so if she died when Joy was like 20, then Joy would have heard like all the like eulogizing of her and the like, do you know what I mean? She would have seen the Barbara Walters special. (laughs) I guess so. Joy was born in 1942. So she would have been 20 years old when Eleanor Roosevelt That's the age people are radicalized. As, she got joker fied by Eleanor Roosevelt. joker fight. <laughs> I do think that can I chat is like an iconic line from Sunny. <laughs> yeah. Because like the, the amount of uh, different compilations that I had to make of Megan saying, let me speak or can I finish? Let me finish. Mm-hmm. Like that has punch when you put like 20 of them together. But can I chat? <laughs> holds weight holds on weight. its own. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to another thing that was like a little bit passive aggressive that I wanted to mention was this topic that they did about Herschel Walker and uh, Senator Warnock, because ahead of the midterms, they were talking about how Herschel Walker, who was running for Senate, how he was criticizing Senator Warnock by going after his parenting, saying that he like pays for childcare, I think, like criticizing him for something to do with that, which was just ridiculous because Herschel Walker himself has seems to be not a good parent figure. His son, own son, Christian Walker, aka Miss Fearsalicious, you know, was online <laughs> ranting about how abusive he was and all of these baby mamas that he has have also criticized him. Anyways, Anna goes on to say how Herschel Walker was endorsed by Trump and how being endorsed by Trump now actually makes you a loser. It's not a good thing. And so they're kind of talking about this. But the topic really gets passive aggressive and interesting towards the end when Alyssa chimes in because Alyssa is saying like ahead of the midterms, she's a new thing for her is that she wants to vote on character politicians going forward. My, I've said this on the show before. A new thing for me is I want a character primary. Like, I care as much about the kind of person going forward that I'm voting for <clears throat> as I do about their policy positions. Which is, like, ironic, obviously. <laughs> as Alyssa is saying this, Joy points out that Donald Trump had no character from the beginning. As she's saying that, Alyssa appears to be very, like, shocked that Joy just said this. Like, Alyssa makes a face like she's stunned that Joy just said that Donald Trump had no character. 
which is so weird. And so then Anna interrupts and says to Joy, well, Alyssa said that voting on character was a new thing for her. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, Donald Trump had no character from the Giddy app. From the minute he came down that escalator. She said it was a new thing for her. Yeah. I know that. I think that's just reminding people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's been a lot brewing between Anna and Alyssa. Well, mind you, this is a day where Sonny was absent, so there was no buffer Mm. between Anna and Alyssa. Oh, physically, you mean? Yeah. And so Alyssa is then, like, annoyed that Anna kind of made that comment about how voting on character is a new thing for Alyssa, even though Alyssa said it herself. (laughs) And Alyssa says... Well, I think it's important to recognize that people grow. Well, I think it's also important. And he won that election. Yeah, and it's important to recognize people grow. Um, They get older. They change their perspectives. And that should be a good thing that we encourage as society, not always trying to knock people over the head with mistakes or times that they change their mind on things. I think it's actually really good to give people grace when they grow as people. I agree with that. And so I guess I want to know, like, what you think about that. Like, Alyssa saying be Alyssa being annoyed and saying that people change I think she's full of crap <laughs> I agree because I have a hard time seeing how Alyssa has changed because her story it's like she wants to have it both ways it's like did you change or were you aware of the problems all along and you were trying to change it from the inside just as you've been Kevin, saying. Kevin, just say it. Did you see the light? <laughs> or did you see your name in lights? Because you don't get to sit there and be annoyed unless she's going to own it like Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The story needs to be re... She needs to rewrite her story in a way that is authentic and makes sense. Because it's not making sense. Send her to Redemption Island. <laughs> That's what I say. The other thing that happened in this topic, and you really kind of have to like see it to understand what happened, because it was all passive aggressive, is that Sarah and Alyssa start naming people in whatever state they're talking about that they think should run. And Sarah's like, Charlie Baker should run. And then Anna's like, you know, he didn't run for re-election. Like, that's not on the table. As Anna is saying this to Sarah, Joy is like, all right, we've got to go. And she gets ignored by Anna. And that's when Anna is saying that to Sarah. And then you see Joy kind of look over at Alyssa as like Anna is ignoring Joy. And they kind of exchange a look, I think. (laughs) And then you just see the camera cut back to Joy and she's like shaking her head. And then you see Alyssa roll her eyes. Full eye roll. (laughs) Full eye roll. While they're waiting for Anna to stop talking, and then Joy is finally like, all right, we'll be right back. And not only that, but as they go to break, and the music is playing off, you can see Alyssa physically turning away from Anna in her chair. It's subtle, but I feel like it is it is more telling than the eye roll. Like, the tension was whatever tension is, tight? <laughs> This is like what I live for. I was like re-watching the clip in slow motion <laughs> because I was trying to decipher whether Joy and Alyssa exchanged a look before Alyssa rolled her eyes. Uh-huh. I'm like, is Joy are they communicating with body language that they both 
are frustrated with Anna. Yeah, it was the kind of thing that, like, I feel like could have been easily missed. Marie is like, I didn't even watch this. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's like Marie did watch it, but I feel like it no, only I got did. pointed out because I zoomed in a thousand percent. I saw that at the end, but I honestly was just like, oh, these girls. <laughs> at that, <laughs> these crazy At that girls. point, you had watched 10 hours of The View in a row. And you're like, these crazy girls. Yeah. yeah. These crazy ladies of The View. Anyways, a lot of people are saying something is brewing. Maybe things aren't as they seem. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much passive aggressiveness between Anna and Alyssa at this point. And and now now even Joy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't really talked much about Anna, but she has been like stepping into this sense of she's always been confident but she has been stepping into this like newfound confidence i think in the in the comfort of being a full-time co-host and then in the comfort of settling into this new panel i feel like she like sarah is finding her place and i feel like Mm -hmm. she is sort of like being a lot more vocal or a lot more opinionated and she always has been but it's less so like it's less flowery than it used to be. It's a lot more, I think, authentic. But it's, I feel like it's rubbing some people the wrong way. I think I look at it, I compare Anna Navarro to Bob the Drag Queen's run on season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, where it's like Bob was so talented at what Bob did, but they were almost like there were other contestants that felt that Bob was showboating. I feel like in a way, Anna is kind of like that, where like, she is so extroverted that she goes for the joke every time. She goes for the applause line every time. And that makes for a fantastic view co-host but i can see that as a team member maybe that is rubbing the other team members Mm -hmm. the wrong way yeah good and you're right and as and with Alyssa, anna doesn't even look at Alyssa, and she constantly makes digs at Alyssa without without like outright addressing Alyssa, as she should (laughs) but it's like when is that going to come to a head where Alyssa is going to finally say something back to her? Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that's going to happen for a long time because I think Alyssa is smart enough to know that she can't take Anna's fire. Do you remember that time in the Megan days where they accidentally just turned a hot topic into like, what is your political ideology? And they just had a conversation about like what they believe and what they stand for. And it was like two segments long. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. I feel yes, like they that need amazing. that again. I feel like the panel and the times have changed enough that they need that again, because I think Alyssa is being held back by other people's perceptions of her. And I know yeah. I've been like throwing this on her as well, this whole episode, but like, I do feel like she's a little bit stuck in this rut of like, having to defend her former job and her former employer. And I think she needs like an opportunity to just stand there and be like, here's what I believe now. Here's proof of why I believe it. Like say it with conviction. And then we can all move on from this because obviously she's not going anywhere. Anna's not going anywhere, but otherwise this is like brewing into another one of the views 
toxic workplace environments. Yeah, even just having Alyssa there in general is toxic to the other co-hosts, <laughs> in my opinion. But yes, that's I'm why they, trying, that's why they need to clear solution. the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They need to clear the air and in the most authentic way. Yeah. They need to go to one of those like retreats <laughs> where they do like team like building exercises. <laughs> yeah. Or they could go to a trampoline park and film it. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> well, we're nearing the end, so is there anything else you'd like to say, Elizabeth? Because this is just getting good. <laughs> okay, well, Sean, thank you so much for making your return to the show. I know we have a really busy schedule. Love being here. And oh, that's so good to hear. Love being on. Thank you to all who've listened. If you want to get in touch with us, don't be shy feel free to leave a voice memo on Instagram or wherever it, you feel safe leaving that. <laughs> and until next time, I hope everyone has a great day. Take a little time <laughs> to enjoy the lasagna. <laughs> Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. P-O-P. Can I finish? Can I chat? We're bringing us back.